Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you, Adam? I'm weirded out, man. <laughs> Why are you weirded out? Oh, well, because I'm I'm recording while I'm in the middle of I'm walking right now. Mm-hmm. I'm recording from my phone. And as I was giving the intro, doing the intro, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of uh bikers were passing me and looking at me, looking at me weird. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That is to be expected, I guess. You're what holding? I know, I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'm telling. I'm telling the phone. Welcome, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you're like holding your phone out. I assume from your body. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I, I've gotten already gotten a few weird looks. That's fine. Just go with it. Well, well, because you were you were saying something while we were trying to get like everything set up, and mm-hmm. you were like, I, "I guess I we could give it a try if you really think we can or so really think we should." And this lady like was looking at me all like, "Who knows what she was assuming?" <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man, that's too funny. Oh man, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess like they're only, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to tell you. I don't know. So, oh, uh, so, oh, it's a little windy now. I'm guessing you can hear that. Yeah, it's a tiny bit windy. So we're, we're trying something new because you're, you're walking and recording and we're just trying to, you know, record at a different time of day. Yeah, well, this time we really have to because yes, I have to leave tomorrow morning early and we don't have time to record everything. So, yeah, we're I'm recording during my lunch hour. Fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we'll, we'll make it work. Um, okay, so now that we've established where you are and that you're getting weird looks and all this fun stuff, uh, do you want to do you want to hop into what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, what are we talking about today, Sarah? Cool. Um, so we are going to do chapters 11 to 20 of The Shadow Rising. Not The Rising Shadow, The Shadow Rising. Um, and then there's like a tiny bit of show news because uh, Jordan Con is going on right now. So there's a little bit of, of confirmed season two news um, that was announced there. And then we can hop in and talk about these chapters because they were pretty good 
Yeah, the book gets better as it goes along. Yeah. And Garden Con, that's fun. Where is that at? Oh, is it in Georgia? I probably should have looked up where it was being held. <laughs> I I asked you where it is, and you're like, let, let, let me guess. Adam, tell me if I'm right. Is it Georgia? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> like, well, yeah, I'm like, well, I literally just asked you, not as a quiz, but I, I don't know. Oh, I feel like that. I, I don't know why I have this feeling that it's in, it's in Georgia. Um, yep. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. I just looked it up. Cool. Um, That's fun. Okay. How many people go to that? Do you know? <laughs> I feel like you are quizzing me. <laughs> I have no idea how many people go to this. Do you know how many people go? Are you quizzing me? I'm guessing at least two people go. Ah, you know what? Um, you're wrong. There's definitely at least five. At least two is not actually wrong. It's just less specific. Okay, well, be more specific in the future <laughs> yes sir sir yes sir <laughs> all right um okay so let's let's talk about the show news really really quick because it's not anything crazy and then we can jump into these chapters because these chapters were a ton of fun um and i have i have thoughts wait we established that you're allowed to have thoughts yes. we have we haven't but i have thoughts and i have feelings just to throw well, you a curveball <laughs> This is a new development. <laughs> I, I'm used to you having thoughts. I, that, that took a while to get used to as well, but right feelings thing that's brand new. I don't know if I'll be able to adapt to that. Feelings is it's a lot. We're not we're not robotic this week. This week, other week we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's so season two wheel of time news. Um, so like I said, Jordan con was happening this last weekend in Georgia. Um, and Rafe Judkins went and he did confirm that Avienda has been cast for season two. So she's going to be in season two. Um, but it is a Eula smart that's going to play her. So she was speculated to be part of the cast. No one really knew what role she was going to play for sure. Um, but now he did confirm at Jordan Con that that's the role she's going to play. So she will obviously be in season two. Thoughts? Was that the weird named person that we were talking about last time? I was like, there's no one named that in the book. No, she's playing Avienda. No, I'm saying that wasn't there. We had a rumor last time. Of oh. someone who, And it was like, they're playing so-and-so. I'm like, that, that person doesn't exist. That's a different actor. Different actress. Oh, so she's still playing someone who doesn't exist. Yeah, so you're you're thinking of um, Katie Lung. She's cast as Yasika. Okay, yeah, Yasika still doesn't exist. So, right. So, um, yeah. So this is different actress. That's been confirmed for Ayula Smart, or Bye. sorry, Avienda. Yeah, so that'll be good. And other than that, there's just been more 
leaked photos from Morocco and hopefully we will have a release date soon so we can watch season two. And that's it. That's it. That's all for show for the show. So, so Mr. Rafe didn't say anything about season three being renewed or anything? Not that I could find. I feel like that would have been all over um, the interwebs if he had. That's fair. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to go to Jordan sometime. We'll have to do that. Right? Wouldn't that be pretty cool? I feel like there's a ton of people there. So. At least five from the latest At least five. Maybe even ten. In Canada, five is a ton. Cool. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about the book. So, spoiler warning for everyone. Obviously, talking about chapters 11 through 20 of the Shadow Rising, which means that we would technically also be talking about anything beforehand. So, anything from the first three books, anything from the first 10 chapters of the Shadow Rising, anything from the first season of Wheel of Time, and then, you know, these 10 chapters. Cool. What about from the Rising Shadow? Nothing from the Rising Shadow. We're not there yet. I, I thought maybe we were, so I, I think <laughs> I would ask. I don't know why I keep wanting to call it the rising shadow, but it's fine. Well, maybe me mocking you for it endlessly will, will curb that. Yeah, okay. that'll really help me stop wanting to call it the rising shadow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe we can start calling you the rising shadow. <laughs> <laughs> <Give me your. laughs> that can be my moniker awesome perfect yeah. <laughs> yep hello everyone my name is Zareth, and this is my co-host <laughs> the rising shadow you know what it kind of <laughs> sounds cool it does actually i'm kind of so, jealous yeah you should be this we is we can both be the rising shadow <laughs> no i was not taught to share That's probably good, actually. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So let, let's talk about these chapters because I feel like, okay. So overall in these chapters, I feel like a lot happened, but I also feel like not a lot happened. Like, I feel like it was a lot of um, seeds being planted for the rest of the book, possibly okay. even the series. But I feel like there was just so much um, going on at the same time. Yeah, so I think you're right. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot going on, but yeah. but everyone's just sitting there still. Right. That's why I say this this book starts so slow. It's like, will you guys ever ever leave here? Right. That's the thing. It's like they they haven't really done anything. Like they're still there. They're still you know gathering their feelings and thoughts and all this stuff and making plans. And there's so much information being spewed out. Um, and I feel like we're learning a lot. And I'm also like getting really intrigued by what's happening. But like you said, they still haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm if, if anything, it's made me more excited for the next 10 chapters. Like it was really hard for me to stop when chapter 21 started. I was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in chapter 25 right now. 
yeah, uh, I will, I will be reading more, uh, today after we record because I just didn't want to get confused, but anyway, let's, let's talk about this. So, um, chapter 11 is called what lies hidden. And basically in this chapter, Egwene, it's, it's, it's mainly Egwene and the girls, and she is trying to enter the dream world without um using her ring so she's just trying to be able to do it without needing the tarangriel um and they have decided like her elaine and Nynaeve have decided that they want to hunt the black aja um and the all of the clues are basically telling them that they need to go to tanshiko um so she is in the dream world and she's just like exploring and she ends up wishing that someone could teach her um similar to like a wise one would from the Aiel and then all of a sudden she like gets pulled from where she was and is now in the waste and and like having this interaction with a someone who looks to be a maiden um from the Aiel and then she ends up wishing that she would be back where she was and it's just like this whole back and forth where she is in in the dream world in Tanshiko and then getting pulled back to this waste repeatedly because her mind sort of is drifting to the wise ones. And every time it does, she gets pulled to the waste. Um, so she ends up um, encountering this, this girl when she is in the dream world of, of Tanshiko and she introduces herself as Emmys and she is a wise one. Um, and Egwene, I thought this was very funny, says that she's part of the green Aja, even though she's not. Um, and says so she's an Aes Sedai, even though she's still only accepted and all this kind of stuff. Um, and and this 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 girl says she needs to come to the waste and she needs to learn with them at the waste. And then all of a sudden, Egwene gets like pulled or ripped out of the dream world to to wake up. So this whole chapter is just. I, I thought it was mainly like Egwene character development in a way. What did what did you think? And then obviously, like we learned a little bit. We didn't really learn anything, but there are these seeds being sown about like wise ones and Egwene having to go on a different path, maybe than somebody, some other uh, Aes Sedai. Yeah, so you you super abridged it, which is fine actually. This is one of the most boring chapters in addition, because <laughs> <clears throat> she's she's like goes back and forth between Tanchiko. Yeah, she's like oh, I'm gonna fly and and eventually Amy. Amis does find her and it's just like well okay so so she she tried Egwene for not knowing anything I'm gonna teach you and then Egwene leaves yeah 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 so it was I don't know exactly like you said it felt like a lot of back and forth and there I hate to say that there wasn't nothing going on, but there really wasn't anything going on, especially when you realize that you're like, oh, they've been in the dream world this whole time. Like I'm, I think one of the things that I'm struggling with in, in this, um, series is with the dream world in general is accepting that to be like a quote unquote real experience versus like for us, you fall asleep and you, and you're dreaming, like, I'm like, I would take, I look at this chapter and I'm like, okay, so like, was any of it even real? You know? Well, how do you, how do you know? 
that there isn't a, a Taylor on Riyadh. We just don't have access to it. Well, I'm like, that's, that's fair. But like, it's just like this mentality that I'm having a hard time getting over because I feel like I just read a whole chapter that I'm like, was this just, you know, fluff? Does this matter? Is this, which obviously it's not fluff because you're learning and you're having these characters be introduced and then it's planning these, um, you know, character arcs and care and storylines that are going to happen because of what happens in the dream world so clearly it is a real experience but yeah anyway yeah just uh yeah oh, well so it, a lot of a lot of important things happen in this world however i'll say this and i don't think it's a spoiler because he never tries to trick you with the dream world right you'd always unless you just forget that, that they're in the dream world like He'll always tell you. You'll always know right. exactly in the dream world. It's not never like, I guess in the first few books, it's like, Rand is in the dream world, in and out of it, and you know there's that. But otherwise, he's, uh, you know, and you don't you don't really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, though, you always know you're there. And I don't know the interactions. It's okay. It's I don't like. I don't love the dream world but right it's fine it, it it's way better than dreams that they're just like randomly have some guy with glowy eyes tell them to join me and they say i refute you or whatever asinine interaction they always have right so yeah so <laughs> that's fair but yeah, it's just like a mental thing that I'm trying to to get past. And I think that once I realize they're in the dream world, I I don't want to say like I shut down. I just I'm more intrigued when they're not in the dream world. <laughs> you're you're like I'm less bored. That's, that sounds that sounds so bad. But I'm like okay, like let's let's go, let's move this along. Like wake up and let's leave tear. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so so you're right about that. Eventually. The dream world does become more you're right it's been boring so far like and it's just weird and right you don't really know what's happening and it'll become more concrete like the interactions that happen in the dream world you won't you won't dread it and nearly as much in my opinion mm-hmm. fair so i get it though i was bored this chapter i was like mm-hmm. at one point i think i spaced out for like 10 minutes yeah and then Higuain was still just like but i have to find something I have to find something in the world of dreams and I'm like I have to find some meaning to <laughs> listening to this this is awful <laughs> oh that's fair oh man okay so let's let's talk about the next chapter so chapter 12 is Tanchko or the tower um and we're still with Egwene so she's obviously been woken up she's out we're not in the dream world anymore we're in like real life um <laughs> So uh, we, we realize that like Nynaeve, Are sorry, am I sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said, I'm, are you sure? And then I said, just kidding. <laughs> you are. I'm, I'm never sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you have, I'm not saying that you ever should be sure. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. That was a half insult. So I, I should stop. <laughs> so rude. Um, okay, so we 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 learned that Nynaeve and Elaine had been trying to wake Egwene up and she wasn't waking up, so they're they're obviously very relieved when she does. 
Uh, she tells them about uh, Amis and uh, Avienda's there. Um, and, you know, explains to her, to them that she, that, that Amis used to be a maiden of the spear and then she left. Um, she gave it up and is, she's now Ruark's wife. And um, I can't remember the other, there's another Aya woman she names that's also, and they're like sister wives. And then it's this, uh, it's kind of funny because um, they, the girls are surprised to learn that like he's got multiple wives, like he has two wives. And and Avienda suggests that like, well, Egwene and Elaine could theoretically be sister wives to Rand in the future, uh, which they don't totally love, but it's pretty amusing um, when you factor in like everything that's been happening leading up to this point with how like this whole love triangle square thing that's going on with Rand and the girls. Um, so anyway, um, Egwene, it, gets it gets more complicated. <laughs> oh my good lord jeez this dude needs to... okay <laughs> oh no, it's man. totally fine you just eventually just learn to accept all of it it's good oh man rand what are you doing what are you doing bud um he's getting okay. randy <laughs> no kidding jeez uh okay so Egwene had and she she says like she wants to go to the waste and Vianda's decides or she doesn't decide but you know Egwene and Avienda basically are going to split off from Nynaeve and Egwene and they're going to go to the waste and Egwene's going to leave the ring with Nynaeve and Elaine and they're going to go to Tanshako to, to look for the Black Aja um and they're kind of deciding on this whole plan when uh Moraine comes in and kind of interrupts them basically and lets them know that Joya and Amiko are dead they were found dead obviously they were killed, um, not obviously, but they were killed during this, the Trolloc attack in the stone. And like, they, like, what's obvious about that? Sorry? Oh, I, I said, what was obvious about that? I mean, it's, it's, it's good, not good. obvious, but it's, it's a gory uh, death because they were found with their throats slashed and that their tongues had been cut out and nailed to their... <laughs> doors um it's just <laughs> it's it's just super a biker it's, it's ugh. but Someone um in her. oh no <laughs> uh, like, all weird she's uh, probably pedaling faster now <laughs> she's she's <laughs> concerned about the conversation you were having uh yeah sorry um gonna the, get reported you were gonna get reported for sure um she but maureen says that their <laughs> their throats were slashed after their tongues had been cut out i believe right tongues cut out and then throats that uh, whatever it's just oh just so 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 absolutely just gruesome um anyway and she she also has a letter from the wise ones that are tell saying that avienda needs to come to they want her to come back to shine shine dire shane i might have completely shane dare shane dare completely misspoke it um but it, it's Where? it's pretty important who they want avienda the wise ones want avienda to come back to to chandare 
Yeah, I think that's how they pronounce it. I have no idea how it's spelled. Um, <laughs> fair. Um, but it's it's important because Aviana didn't really want to go with with Egwene to the waste and like accompany her. And this letter's kind of being like, well, now you sort of have to because they want you to go back. Um, and Moraine's not really budging or saying why the wise ones would want her to go back either. So that's all. Everything is slowly, slowly moving forward and developing with them. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that everything is starting to take shape because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, everyone's so, so yeah, Elaine and uh, Nynaeve get to, get to go uh, do their own thing, basically. Yeah. Yeah, they're all gonna start branching off again, it looks like. So um, that is that for the girls so far. Uh, okay, so let's go to chapter 13, which is rumors. And this is super, super brief because the whole thing is basically Matt and how Matt's feeling. And he's, you know, remembering killing a gray man during this whole attack. And he, he watched Trollocs kill a Murdral that was possibly going to to kill him or hurt him um and this whole time he's he's basically still struggling with the fact that he wants to leave but he is still being pulled to ran with rams to veeran like he still feels like he can't do anything um so more importantly though he overhears that the white cloaks are in two rivers and they're hunting the dragon reborn they're also looking for a you know, quote unquote, dark friend with yellow eyes. Uh, so he kind of panics about this and needs to go find Perrin and Perrin's already heard about it and he's already like getting ready to leave. And Matt, I, this this to me was a really strong point um, just to highlight like how, how much Matt is struggling. He clearly wants to go. He's concerned about his family. He wants to go back to the two rivers and he can't even voice that he wants to go because Rand's like to Viren is just whole, like he feels so stuck to Rand, like he just can't go at all. So. Yeah, he can't even say he'll go. Yeah, like I, it's just, it really highlighted how strong of a hold that this effect is having on that, that he can't even voice it. Like he's clearly thinking these things and he can't even get it out. Even if he's like, oh, I want to do it, but I can't. Like he can't even right. get it out. So it's pretty powerful, I think. You, almost, you feel bad. For, I feel bad for him at least. I, like, I feel so bad for him. I'm just like, especially when you factor in like everything that's been happening beforehand with like the girls channeling on him and like you know tying him up in air and all this kind of stuff even though he's just trying to help them and he's been looking for them this whole time and now he just feels stuck like i feel pretty bad yeah he's he's that guy who you know uh, sometimes i feel like a lot of people just underestimate what what he wants you know what his preferences are what he's trying to do mm -hmm. and everything and he he, you know, he's the kind of guy who uh, a lot of people are like, oh, he doesn't care. But mm -hmm. in truth, he actually cares deeply. So, and a lot of times he will act on it. But he's also the kind of guy who, 
sometimes he'll act on it and then he won't tell anyone about it. So no one even knows all the awesome right. stuff he did. Right. He just kind of keeps everything to himself and carries on. Well, sometimes and sometimes he brags. I mean, right. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's that kind of character though. It's fun to fun to see him though. Like he he's trying to figure out what he needs to do. And uh yeah. So mm-hmm. and he can't go back to the two rivers though. Right. As much as he would like to. Um I did I did find this amusing though. So he leaves parents' room after all of this at the end of this chapter. And he ends up running into Bear Lane and Bear Lane kind of like snubs him and brushes him off and all this. And he just compares her haughtiness to Elaine. And like, I was like, oh, that's an interesting comparison. Um, well, man, it's super funny. He says, he says to her, he's like, if I pinch your bottom, <laughs> then you can slap me or something. But until, until then, I expect you to be civil. Or something. Right. He says that, and <laughs> yeah, and Berlaine is like, looks him up and down. She's like, too much like me. Too much. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Berlaine is. Uh, she's an interesting character. That's for sure. Oh man. She is. She is. Okay. Um, do you want to move into the next chapter, chapter fourteen? um sure do you have any any other thoughts about matt it ends on 14 i just don't i can't see your awesome notes so i'm just uh i know i'm in it here i'm like oh what happens next tell me oh oh okay well next we go into chapter 14 um so customs of my aunt so now we're back with i mean we're not back with but it's it's parents point of view and he's obviously packing basically like it's right after Matt's just left his room. Um, right. He's ready to leave. He wants to go to the two rivers and his, uh, his whole, his whole plan is to go back um, there, obviously. And Bear Lane comes into his, his room. So clearly Matt and her were just like passing ships in the hallway kind of thing. Yep. And he, or she wants him to tell Rand where she's going to be headed. And parents like, no, nah, I'm not your messenger type of deal. Uh, and, and you know she's clearly like overtly flirting with him and it's like oh well like you're a you're a blacksmith so eventually like she's gonna need him to make like to do iron work for her bit for her bedroom wherever she ends up and all of this like ridiculous stuff when Fael comes in the room and then Bearline just dials it up like 10 more notches with Fael there and is even more like outwardly flirty and like you know caressing his arms and all this nonsense um and she ends up leaving by telling Perrin that she she always gets what she wants and uh it is the the entire time I was listening to this I was like man Bear Lane is just all over the place with Rand and Perrin and just needs to cool it like it was aggressive. <laughs> and I just felt so uncomfortable for parents. Oh yeah, you you definitely feel uncomfortable for him because he he has he's asked for none of that. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's not flirting back. He's not he's not even like like I'm sure he notices that she's pretty or whatever, but he's not 
he's not intending to do a single thing about it right it's and, just and yet, and yet she's like all over him and mm-hmm. in front of Fail and everything yeah mm-hmm. it's, a mess. it's a it's just such a mess um Anyway, so obviously, so Berling leaves and Fahil's there and parents saying like, he's going to take the ways. He's going to go with Loyal. He does not want her to come. He's not taking her. She's insisting on coming. And he's like, nope, I, I, I don't want you there. Um, and she ends up snapping on him about not being able to go and, and snaps about this whole Berling thing with him, you know, with her. Oh, he, he, he tells her, he's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I might just go. I might just go to to Mayan after this, after I'm done with the two rivers. Right. And he's, he's like purposely trying to push her away to not come. Right. Which just leads to her snapping about it. Right. Well, him doing that is, is pretty annoying, actually pretty dumb. Right. Like, yeah, just be truthful. Right, exactly. It's it's this manipulation mind game of of having people do what you want them to do without, you know, just expressing why you want them to do that. And yeah, yeah. Well, um, um. Anyway, so so like this whole thing has happened, and they've clearly are are butting heads and and snapping at each other. Uh, and then it's Fael's point of view. So she ends up leaving Perrin's room and sees Berylaine in the hallway. And they have this whole altercation because, you know, Fael's like, oh, he's mine. Like, stay away from him. It's just, it is just the, the most, I was so, I, I even messaged you. I was so frustrated listening to this chapter. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm like, they're just so irritating. And um. Berylaine ends up like calling her nothing more than like farm girl or servant girl and all this because obviously she doesn't know the, the truth about Fael and she ends up pulling this knife on her and Berylaine can just she just knocks her down gets the knife and like disarms her like in one fell swoop um and this this actually really bothered me um Berylaine made reference to Perrin about how she was going to keep she vows to take parents from, from Fael and that she's going to keep him until she has no use of him, essentially. But she refers to him as like a puppy that's not housebroken yet or something along those lines. And it was just the, the reference, I don't know, of, of it, it just felt so cringeworthy that she would refer to him as like a dog that needed to be trained. Um, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, that, that's uh, it's pretty, pretty gross. You're yeah. right. Um, do you, do you by chance know what? Uh, I don't I don't want to give anything away here. But, okay. Um, well, do you know? I probably haven't told you about Mayan. No. Yet. You you don't know what their like flag is or anything. I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll move on then. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Intrigued. Um, anyway, so then, you know, Ruark comes by and he ends up like <laughs> basically getting them both to calm down. He wants to keep them, keep the peace. He disarms his, them both and, you know, takes the, the knife, the knives as 
and he keeps them away from Fayil, and that's like her quote unquote punishment. But yeah. Um. Okay. So the next chapter, I actually really like this one. So this one, chapter fifteen, is into the doorway. So this is the one where Matt is looking for the twisted red door frame to to use, and he's basically decided that like he he told I think it was a Egwene that he wouldn't use it unless his life depended on it. Um, and he's decided that it essentially does because he feels like he's going to go mad with Rand having this effect on him. So he goes yeah. into this door frame, and this was so cool. I actually really like this chapter a lot. Um, anyway, so this there's this creature that kind of greets him, and he can't decide if it's human or not. Whatever, it doesn't does it matter? Like if it's human or not human? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it kind of does matter uh, okay. in the long term not right now though okay so so he i think he's described as like being similar to like a snake type creature like snake like yep um yep that's that's an important description to keep okay. in mind okay cool and this this creature just wants to confirm that matt doesn't have a light source on him he's got no um like method of making music and no uh no iron so oh, yeah, no, the iron no yeah. iron and this is all like i don't know it just felt like weird things to not have on you but obviously i'm assuming there's a reason for it yeah there, there's reasons there's there's that. reasons um anyway so he, he before i think it was before he went in he was kind of like making a list of of questions that he was going to ask because obviously you get to go in you get to ask three questions and yep he had specific ones that he was keeping in mind. And then he gets in there. Um, they leave this, this creature leads him to another room. That's got more of the same creatures that are essentially the guides that he's going to ask these questions to. And he, he ends up asking if he should go home or not, or not. And they tell him that he should go to um, uh, Rudin. And yep. this completely throws him so he then he hears this like gong because there's another person coming through the door frame um and it throws him off because it's not the answer that he wanted and i think this is so important to keep in mind that he went in and he already had in mind what he wanted to hear and then they don't tell him what he wants to hear and it completely throws him off and he forgets his next question and he wants to know why so then it's like okay well your second question is why um and they're like well if you don't if you don't go, you're going to die, which also, you know, infuriates him. And there's another gong of another person coming through. And he is completely just forgetting all of his questions. Now he's like, well, why am I going to die if I don't go? Um, which, this whole thing was just so funny because it's just such a typical, typical reaction, I think, for anyone to have in this case. Um, but they, they say that he's going to be killed if he doesn't go because the people who don't want his fate to be fulfilled will kill him if he if he doesn't go to Rudin. Um, and then, you know, he's basically forcibly being removed of the chamber. People are coming through, they're 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 taking him out, and he's just scream screaming and shouting, like, why, why, what's his fate? Like he's asking yeah. all these questions, and they just start, you know, telling him, like, or answering him, like, you know, you're supposed to marry the daughter of the the daughter of the nine moons. I wrote it down. You yeah, know. daughter of the nine moons. Daughter of the nine moons, and like to to live and die again, and to save the world by um, 
giving up half of the light of the world and like all these things that he just is not going to be able to make sense of. And he just gets tossed out of this, of this. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. He gets, he gets tossed out. I love, I love that they, they, what they call him though. They say, go, uh, I forget what they say. Like go gambler, go. Yes. Son of battle goes, you know, yes, like they, they call him three yeah, different they, things. Mm-hmm, they do. And I can't, I can't remember, but I do remember them calling him gambler, which I thought was very funny. Um, but he he turns around to go back and he can't like it's just an empty door frame for him now which was so cool like i, I love this that you go in and like you can't go in again yeah um, and so he's kind of like stewing there on the ground and then and then rand comes out so obviously rand had gone in and then moraine comes out and she's like what are you two doing here kind of thing like, like the place was gonna shake apart because of the taviran mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just amusing that they're all there, and then she's like, "What are you guys like? What are you doing here?" Sort of. Um, and that's when they or he Matt realizes that he would have been speaking the old tongue in there because Rand says that he needed an interpreter to go in with him. Yeah. Um, and that's when like Matt realizes, yeah, and you're just like, "Whoa, you're like speaking another language without even realizing you're speaking another language." Um, well, and listening in another language as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like fully understanding it. So it's pretty interesting. Um, so anyway, Matt ends up lying about whether or not he got to ask questions in there, but he wants to know why they can't go back in a second time. And Moraine obviously doesn't answer them. Um, so oh, well, I love, I love how, how they just like, won't tell her because she's not going to tell them anything. Right. She's trying to get the truth out of them. And, and Matt, it's just funny, like, Rand is like, well, I read about it. She's like, which girl told you mm-hmm. about the about the thing? And and uh, Rand is like, well, I read it in a book, and you know he was able to like cite things about it. And right. and Matt's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's like so unbelievable. It's so it and it honestly okay. Can I just point out that? how much that speaks to his character that even though like the girls have basically treated him like crap and been really terrible friends to him in my opinion he still does not want to get them in trouble yeah like, well that's 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 why i love matt so much is because he's he's so ridiculously like loyal and good even as he sees himself as like not that mm-hmm. you know, yeah he's yeah exactly that that's a that's a great point he's like no uh, even tell he tells Moraine he's like I read sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> occasionally uh yeah so it's just such a good good character trait to keep in mind especially when you factor in like how irritating he was the first two books and like you're just so frustrated with him and now you're like oh he's better and he's just so loyal to his friends and they're treating him like garbage and he wants to leave and he can't leave like all these things are going on with Matt and I genuinely feel so bad for him and he still is being a good friend like feel for him it's sad yeah Uh, it is it is but he's uh I I just love too though he he knows that Moraine knows he's lying but he just tells her and he's Uh, just like oh they they didn't even let me to get a <laughs> question. 
feel like if you were Moraine, would you just assume that they were lying to you at this point? Like, I feel like I would. Sure. You know? Well, I mean, Rand had a pretty plausible, had a pretty plausible thing. But at the same time, Rand calls her out, though, too. He's like, he's like, if I tell you, are you going to tell me which yours are? <laughs> which, like, obviously, the answer is no. She's not going to give them information. Oh, so there's another important thing, too, is she's like, is Perrin in there, too? Mm-hmm. And Matt knows that Perrin doesn't want Moraine to know that he's going to the two rivers. Yes. And so he just tells Moraine, last I saw Perrin, he was going to, he was getting ready to go to bed, mm-hmm. which is true, but also hiding that from her. Yeah. And, yeah. Good point. Um, and then he was like, he's like, for all he knew, you know, Perrin is going to step out of the, the archways and give him the lie right there. But right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That... Man, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause exactly that for all he knows, Perrin, I'll just walk right on out and then. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Poor Matt. Um, okay. Any other thoughts before chapter 16? No. All right. Cool. So leave takings um back with Perrin and he you know is super restless because he's just you know think about Fayil being hurt by him or being hurt by his if he dies like all this kind of uh stuff and oh this is such a okay anyway we'll we'll, I'll I'll tell you my thoughts um so I'm sure you I know, I know. So Perrin, he's going to find Loyal and Loyal's been writing in his journal about everything that's been going on and the room is filled with flowers and all this kind of stuff and Fayel's space. And she's there and she's like, yeah, he's a, she's she's calling him a hero and saying, like, you know, he saved all these children during the Trolloc attack and, you know, Loyal's hero. And he has learned, Loyal's learned that his mother has named him as a runaway and want, like, is, you know, trying to arrange his marriage and all this and intends to have him married and he's just so worried and upset that you know they're gonna come and get him and take him back and Perrin obviously knows this and kind of uses it as a way to I don't want to say like trick loyal but basically like help convince loyal to agree to take Perrin through the ways so that they can go back to two rivers because it's another adventure for loyal to go on and you know keep moving theoretically that that they won't catch you sort of thing since he's not supposed to be out of his steading um i I need to tell you my thought on this because i thought this was one brilliant but also really terrible so loyal obviously agrees that he's like he's going to take parent because loyal is loyal like that's just that's just who he is and then fail like mentions him she's like oh but like you mentioned to me like you promised me that you would take me through the ways first before you took anyone else next time you went and like so now loyal's basically trying to convince Perrin that fail should come and Perrin's not loving this and is realizing that fail is gonna have to come with them because loyal's not gonna break his promise to her because that's who loyal is um and it is just such a sneaky thing for Fayil to have done like to just manipulate loyal into agreeing to to do this or promising to do this because she knows that Perrin is going to try to get loyal to take him through the ways um just so underhanded yeah this was 
this is one of the one of the worst moments Bayil has. Yeah, I was just shocked. I was like, this is really gross. Yeah, like it's not done in good faith at all. No, it's so it's just so backstabby. Yep. And just utter disregard for what Perrin wants because she wants to tag along with him and just she doesn't care. Yep. Yeah, yeah. she's decided to just force her way into the situation no matter yeah. what. Yeah. She wants exactly. her way and she's gonna get it. Yeah. And just just no regard for Perrin at all. And now Perrin's, you know, realizing that Fayil's gonna be there when he, you know, he's intending to kind of give himself over to the white cloaks so that they don't hurt the people two rivers. Um, and he doesn't want Fayil there for that. Like he doesn't he's probably gonna die and he doesn't want her to see that. And she's just completely disregarding that. So that's that's fun fun of Fayil. She's she's a real peach right now. I'm really enjoying her. Yeah, I like to, sometimes I like to call her Fail. Fail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see why you would. Um, oh, man. Okay, so yeah. so this this has happened, and then we, we switch over to Elaine's point of view. Unless you have more thoughts on Fail. No. 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 We can, we can move right along. All right. So, I mean, this is also just irritating to me, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's Elaine's point of view and, and basically Moraine's given them enough gold for their journeys. They're all going to go separate ways. They're going to go on separate journeys, I should say. And um, Elaine is upset that Rand didn't ask her to stay when she tells him that she's going to be leaving. She's going to be going to Tanshiko. Um instead she just you know wanted him to to get her to stay with him i guess um and then well, Lan- she didn't even want to stay she no want to stay she just she, but she wants him to ask it's just like this most uh i don't know how is he, how is he supposed to know that she wants that elaine can i we're we'll get into this a little bit later when we talk about the annoying characters but man you were not kidding when i when i messaged you about how frustrated i was and you're like oh it's just a great competition for annoying character i'm like they're all freaking annoying right now uh yeah yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of people who could be considered the most annoying in this this group of chapters for sure yeah so so anyway so she's upset and then lan comes barging in because he's heard that they're gonna that Nynaeve's going to go to Tanshiko and not back to the tower. And he's upset and he wants to like go with her and doesn't care that he's bonded to Moraine as a rewarder. And all of a sudden she's like, nope, can't go. Like, it's not going to happen. And he's still so upset. So she ends up showing him this, this letter that the Amaral and Seat gave them um, that basically says like, he's got to obey her. She's going to do what she wants and, or what she feels needs to be done. And he needs to obey and, you know, keep the secret kind of thing and all this. So they end up, whatever he ends up kissing her and all this nonsense which just fuels elaine even more can i just say like she sees this happen and then is just more mad at rand and instead of writing a letter to him about like you know saying that she her feelings for him and what they are she just writes this letter chastising him because he didn't ask her to stay i'm like this is just so oh i feel like i'm back in like middle school like this is ridiculous which i mean to be fair, I have to remind myself they're like what 14? 
something like that. that. They're like, how old are they? 14, something like that? No, she's like 17 or 18. Okay. Okay. She's, she's, she's an adult, basically. Like, I mean, we would consider her mostly an adult. Mostly an adult. It's just... Well, yeah, like like Egwene, Egwene and her are about the same age, 16 or 17 or 18, somewhere around there. Okay. So... Uh, I don't know if that makes it no. better or worse. <laughs> uh, worse, definitely. Worse, yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, so they're just being annoying all over the place. Yeah. Thoughts? Concerns? Questions? Um, well, Elaine gets worse, even. Still, oh, so. gosh. Don't do this to me. Elaine gets worse. Rand gets more love-shaped things like, <laughs> you know what some of it it's pretty i i end up i'll say this i end up really liking elaine eventually all right that's fair that's fair but she, she's she's acting like she she was kind of she's acting more mature about you know when she was like talking to rand and trying to you know seduce him or whatever like she mm-hmm. i felt like she the thing she was thinking and be like the way she was acting was pretty reasonable mm-hmm. this is this is just totally ridiculously irrational though so. oh it's so irrational i'm like can you just chill just chill it's fine yep. everything's gonna be good don't worry about it like oh anyway moving on <laughs> Yeah, right along. Moving on. So chapter 17 is Deceptions. And we are with Tom and he's basically, you know, trying to plant rumors about the High Lords and Tyr. Um and, and like doing doing his Tom thing. Um and he goes back to his room and he finds Moraine going through his things. So they have this whole <laughs> this whole conversation where they kind of, you know, basically let each other know that they know about each other. They know about each other's history. They like she's aware of his reputation from when he was the court bard for Mergaze and like, you know, his, how well he can play like game of the game of houses, like all that kind of stuff. And he's aware of her history and like lineage. So they kind of quote unquote flex their knowledge on each other. Um, and then she, right. you know, finally to say like, she's there. If she wants to wants him to go to Tanchico with Elaine and, Nynaeve which he doesn't want to do he doesn't want to leave Rand alone with her essentially like he doesn't he still doesn't trust Aes Sedai and she like dangles this carrot in front of him and is like well if you if you go like I can reveal the red sisters that were responsible for gentling Owen like his nephew and that went against you know the white tower orders and just did it um and it's just like the biggest carrot dangle and you could tell Tom is so torn and then he does he he you know that he doesn't want to go but he decides he's gonna go with the girls so and he's gonna leave yeah. Rand with Moraine against his against what he believes is I don't I don't know I'm speculating but he's he doesn't want to do this it's his better judgment not to do it so yeah and even so he's, he kind of admires Moraine a little bit too right so well I think there's there's a point here where he like I don't want to say chastises himself but is surprised to, that he like notes Moraine's looks or and like right so <laughs> <Awkward>. anyway <laughs> it's so awkward uh 
Um, and then we go to Min. So Min's been in the White Tower this whole time. She's, you know, under that name, Almendretta, and she's claiming sanctuary because she's got two boys and a tizzy over her. Um, and she's trying to be a proper lady and hide herself with this disguise and everything. And Gawain and Galad come up to her and they end up having this conversation. And, you know, Gawain's kind of hoping that Min will help have this conversation with with Galad because he's kind of got this inkling I guess that Galad might join the White Cloaks but also Gawain's kind of just asking all these really stupid questions that's going to out her disguise if he's asking about um if she's seen anything of Elaine and Egwene or has heard of them and and the girls that, that their sister was with and it's just like these very obvious questions that if she admits to having knowledge then people will be able to put two and two together that she's men not you know claiming sanctuary about these these two guys that are trying to to get her to marry them um which i thought was interesting that this was the case that he would do that it just felt very yeah it felt silly like why would you do that why would you try to out her oh he's not trying to out her i think he's just being clumsy right and being clumsy and foolish both like it's a bad combo right and he's yeah i I don't i shouldn't say try to out her because i don't i also agree i don't think he's doing it intentionally he's just not being careful about what he asks and just a stupid stupid scenario all around um by the end of it all i'll be very interested to see what you think of gawain okay interesting okay yeah because right now i'm kind of like uh you're here great awesome um but she does have a viewing of Loghain during this so she you know sees him with this like halo around his head um and she's she knows that that's gonna like the halo around his head signals um glory and power for him which she's confused by because if he's gonna be gentled how can he have glory and power um right and is more confused by this because her viewings have always come true so like how is this going to happen if, if they're going to gentle him so she she goes to Lauren and seat to tell her about this this viewing and does also confess at the same time that she would like to be able to leave the tower and would like to go to tier she thinks that she would be of more use to rand with her skills with rand and helping him there um which Lauren says no <laughs> um but during this whole inter- interaction as well she does get two messages uh one of which is saying that Masram time has escaped so that's great and she's not super thrilled about that um and she does make the call and this was interesting and and she does get i think it's liana that's with her in the in the room um i don't want to say like called out but it's obvious that this is a call that wouldn't normally be made. Like she wants them to go and find, she wants sisters to go and find um, Masm Time and she wants them to gentle him when they do find him, like gentle him on the spot instead of bring him back to the White Tower. Um, and her, her argument for this is that she can't risk him escaping again before he is gentled. Uh, so that's interesting. But then she also gets a a message from Moraine during this that says, you know, Rand has 
Kalendor, and this confirms that she can go ahead with her plan for guiding the the dragon reborn so that was an interesting interaction i think probably actually the more interesting thing i i did find was her deciding that masmin time should be gentled on the spot yeah and it's like oh man that's a, that goes against custom and law <clears throat> so yeah yeah um and then was it at the end of this chapter with the that girl sara yeah, so that's the next point of view in this chapter. So she is, this is, this point of view, can I just say, just, I, I had like chills, like listening to this. So yeah. um, she's, she's, you know, been sent away to work on this farm. She doesn't really understand why she was sent to, to, to it when an I said I shows up and starts questioning her about Almandretta and wants to know what she knows about her and all of this and yeah. like her interactions with her. And she said, well, I don't really, know anything i didn't really interact with her much don't know anything about her and this i said i just keeps questioning her and interrogating her but also it's clearly like channeling and causing her pain because she is in pain like physical pain while this is happening so like torturing yeah. her to answer and wants to know everything that she knows about almondretta and yeah. then and then kills her yep and, and sorry go ahead she also as she's being tortured she also notices that the person who runs the farm is also like probably dead as well yeah, yeah. um so this this i said i has you know n- not named don't know who it is um i have I have thoughts on who i think it might be but it's okay who do you think it might be so my first my first gut instinct, like immediately when I hear about like an Aes Sedai behaving badly like this, I'm like, oh, like Leandrin. Okay. Like that was my first thought. Um, and then I was like, well, would Leandrin be there? Like, w- would she not be with the rest of the Black Aja? Like, you know, and I was, I was thinking about that. And then I was wondering, like, Elida's been really suspicious. Like, so is it Elida? Okay. I don't know. I know. I know you know. <laughs> um, but my my first inclination was to say Leandrin, and then I remember just how suspicious Elida was. But then also, but then also, like Elida did recognize men right away through this disguise, so maybe it's not Elida. Right. Well, unless she just wants more info. So I'll I'll say this. This is um this is in some way connected to Elida. Mm, so is it I can't remember her name, the girl that she made a friend with. Um um who is it? Who is it? Where is it? Uh LVRN? That's the one. I don't know. Let's find out. Okay, so I'm gonna make a note in my notes here that maybe it's Alviarn because I don't know I don't know Uh, it's all it's all super sus well whoever does it I mean this is very clearly like black gotcha like yeah I said I couldn't do this yes yes it's it's one I agree 100% black gotcha um okay 
so the next chapter because that's where where that chapter ends tingles by the way like oh this book is yeah. really this book is really good and it i feel like it hasn't even kicked off it's pretty good yeah so <laughs> doesn't, suck. doesn't suck um okay so chapter 18 is into the ways really really like brief over you over you because there isn't really anything crazy that happens in this his parents just you know he still wants to keep his plans a secret he doesn't want moraine to stop him in particular um but he doesn't want anyone to stop him from leaving to go to the two rivers so he is preparing they're all preparing to leave by the stable so it's him and loyal and fail's there and gall is going to come with them as well um so they are are going to this way gate they're they're on the horses and they're galloping towards it and um perrin and, and gall end up going into the way gate first and they're going to go to like the i guess the first um guiding and wait for loyal and the rest of them to meet up with them so they're kind of going to travel in two groups essentially through the ways thoughts yep 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 that that's chapter 18 so I, I like i like that gall is gonna go though. you do what's that you do like that he's gonna go of course okay you don't well i just didn't really like have a i didn't have any attachment to whether or not he went gall is the guy who perrin rescued yeah in the last yeah. book yeah he's and the he's the aiel right the one that was in the cage yeah and yeah. so he's the it's it, to me this is this is a really cool thing because i mean he, he gets to hang out you know perrin perrin is right now feel like imagine how he's feeling right he's his existence is putting his family at risk in the two rivers he's gonna go he like he has he loves fail and doesn't you know doesn't want her to be hurt and so he at great cost to himself like he's like tries to drive her away and then she manipulates and does something even more hurtful mm -hmm. than anything and and like so now he's being forced to like just accompany them with with a girl who's just acting like a total awful person just an awful person yeah. and you know and it's nice he has a friend now like he has someone who gets to actually go with him yeah yeah that's and, a good, good know, point he also knows that rand wants him to go as well like he has rand's blessing like mm -hmm. it's not just like rand like begrudging like well i can't stop you kind of thing but it's like rand is actually asking people to go help right yeah that's a that's a good point so i yeah uh, like Perrin needs a friend right now because loyal loyal's just kind of i don't know he he's like he he's friend friendly with with Perrin, but you know he's just he's letting he's letting fail manipulate him and right it, it's just you know you can't really rely on loyal right now and fail isn't being a friend at all right absolutely so, so. he needs somebody for him in his corner yeah yeah oh, like um, that. yeah uh, no that's a good point too because they did and they had that whole interaction in the when he does free him where they are fighting off the um white cloaks right yeah they have this whole interaction together so they obviously have this rapport so it's a good 
it is a good person to go with him. So. Yeah. Well, and, and Gull finds out they're going to go in the ways and Gull says, uh, every all our death finds all men, Perrin. <laughs> and, and Perrin's like not reassured. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you for that really blunt, uh, statement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the last two chapters are with the girls. Yay. I know your fave. Totally. Uh, yeah let's fast forward these ones yeah so so chapter 19 the wave dancers so basically elaine and nynaeve are heading down to the docks they're going to get on a boat they want to go to tanchico um and nynaeve and elaine introduce themselves to the sail mistress and they introduce themselves to the windfinder and you know they go to the captain's um cabin to find they're on a weed they're with the wind folk or the, the sea folk come in yep so um they they are in her in in the captain's cabin you know discussing why they want to go to tanchico and you know naive is basically offering to pay and all this kind of stuff um and coin the sail mistress says like you know there's recent events that are happening in the city that are basically events that are around rand being there that are uh leading to prophecies being fulfilled and she refers to the gen gendai prophecies um and she wants to know why they want to go to Tanchico. So Elaine here is the one who decides that they should be a little bit, like show a little bit of honesty and it might pay off. And she says, like, we're going, we, we need to hunt Black Aja. Um, and they agree that they'll, they'll take them on the boat. So they are on this, this boat heading to Tanchico. And then in chapter 20, and winds rising. I'm just going to combine them into one blurb because it's essentially one chapter split into two, in my opinion. You're right. Yeah. Um, so they, they're on board, they're on the ship and the ship is starting to like heave and rock in, in, in the ocean. So Elaine thinks that Rand might be causing this and she like looks back at, at the stone. And then in this process, she notices Tom and Julian are on board and she is like, well, Tom, she has this like vague familiar familiarity with tom but doesn't really know why like she can't place him um and they learn that julian is there because a man of like a tall broad-shouldered like man who's obviously the land told him to go and accompany the girls to tanchico so lan is clearly sending uh julian to watch to keep watch over them and tom says that he was asked by moraine to go so that they're there um for Whoa, that reason. so so lan and Lan sent Jewel in mm-hmm. there because at Rand's request. Okay, right. But it's because, which is an important point because it. But then Elaine's like, "Oh no, I sent the wrong. Le- I sent the letter that's not good because Rand actually does care." <laughs> True. <laughs> the stupid. Oh my goodness! This is why you don't write dumb letters. Like, uh, yeah. oh. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, so they are they're they're there to accompany them. And Ineva is like, okay, fine, like you guys can stay, you can come with us, but you gotta listen to us. Like we're we're calling the shots, you gotta obey. Um so uh, <laughs> and I just found this funny as well. So the ship is obviously like taking off from port and it they it gets away from the land, and then once it is away from the land, all of like the sea folk women just like take off their um blouses and elaine yep. and julian are just so uncomfortable they don't know where to look they don't know where not to look they're just so like everything is just uncomfortable and you're like oh man 
<laughs> and even just like reading it, I was like, this is just weird. But like, obviously it's just different. They're just, he's, in my opinion, highlighting a different culture. Um, sure. So anyway, um, she, then Elaine can feel like that. And she's had like this little interaction with Tom trying to figure out if she knows him or recognizes him and whatnot. And then she can feel that there's somebody like there is channeling happening on the ship. And she goes and finds that Joran is channeling air and water. She's weaving them and it's going to guide the ship. And they uh, should be in Tanchico in about 10 days or so. And Elaine, you know, wants her to, to teach her how to weave the winds. And that is where we end. The yeah, the way, the way Elaine, she's all like, she's like talking about how she's a good judge of character and then She's mm-hmm. like, oh, what? And at one point, Tom is like, oh, I guess, I guess Rand will just have to do without me. And Rand has been like leaning on Tom in a big way. Yeah. And Elaine has no idea, and she's she laughs. She's like, oh, what a funny old man. Like <laughs> to, think, to think that he could possibly ever help Rand, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like you you have no idea, Elaine. Even as you you're priding yourself on being a good judge of character, like which. I mean, kind of highlights just how, um, like, little knowledge she does have. Yeah, how amateur she is. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay, so those are the 10 chapters. So I feel like a ton of stuff happened, but also nothing happened. Yeah, well, they're finally starting to leave. Yeah, they're, they're all starting to, to move and go their separate ways again. So, okay. Um, who is the most annoying character? Who do you think? Oh my gosh. I don't know if I can pick like Barrel Lane annoys me, but also Barrel Lane. I'm also just suspicious of in general. So I don't even know if she's annoying me because she's outright being annoying, but <sighs> Elaine and Fayil really annoyed me, but I, I, I think Fayil wins out over Elaine. Yeah, I can't decide. I think I think Fael is the more annoying because yeah, she she like draws a knife on Barrelane. She's like, "You stay away from my man." It's like it belongs on like a Springer episode or something. It does, and like she just has a blatant disregard for Perrin and for what he's asking and what he wants. It's just really well, and manipulating and manipulating yeah. loyal like that like manipulating his truthful nature like that that's the mm-hmm. thing that kills me it's like ooh, i can i can use his i can use his oaths uh, for mm-hmm. my own benefit like i can force him into doing something he doesn't want to do for my own benefit like it's... to me that's that's like the epitome of just uh, i don't know it, it's awful it's not good it's it's just really hard to it's really hard to see her in a positive light when that happens. Yeah. So, which is unfortunate because I think we should get to see her in a positive light and then we, we don't. Um, I'll, I'll say this. She, there, there are positive things about her in, in future parts of different yeah. parts. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, don't, don't spoil it, but it was just, it was just really frustrating and annoying. And I, I was just annoyed with all of the, all of the girls. They all bugged me. Yeah. So. Yep. 
you start looking forward to the male perspectives. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now, and now you, and now you may understand a little bit of why I was surprised how much I liked Nynaeve in the first few books. Not, not that you, not that she's really done anything too hateful this this segment, but <laughs> like, it, it's just, I don't know. I, there's, there's going to be times that she's pretty clearly the Mac as well. Right. Oh, goody, goody. Um, okay, so for, for sus characters, I don't know if there is, like, someone that's outwardly sus here. Barrelane, obviously, is still on my radar. Like, I'm just really confused, and sh- she just feels shady to me. And then, ob- and this is just an obvious pick, and I, I it's not even sus. I just want to know, like, that, that Aes Sedai that, that kills Sara, like, I just want to know who it is. You know, and so like, I wouldn't necessarily say it's sus because it's obviously super. It's clearly a black Aja, like you were saying. But I want to know who it is because I I I also want to know like, is it someone that I did think was sus beforehand? That's fair. You know. Yeah, maybe it was Swan. (laughs) Why would you say that? for fun i don't like, know <laughs> come on oh man um cool so i am pretty pumped because we're gonna do the next 10 chapters again so 21 to 30 for next week and i feel like these are gonna be really awesome yeah um i didn't want to i didn't want to start this cast with you because i was listening to a really good part awesome i didn't want to turn it off so that we could do the so we could do the podcast <laughs> Awesome. So I will definitely have to listen to it today. Thank you. I feel so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Valued, I think. Valued? Yeah. Like, I feel like our friendship is validated now. You just didn't want to interact with me. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate you too. Let's see. How can I spin this? Here's (laughs) the thing. (laughs) So I want to I I was I was just really looking forward to doing the podcast about those chapters with you, mm-hmm. and so I, I really just didn't want to give up doing like getting preparing for that for the next cast. That's all. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I was I was being diligent. That was it was born out of diligence. You said you, you said you're in chapter twenty five now. Yeah. Okay, so when I get to chapter 25 this week, if I also don't want to turn it off, I will maybe think about forgiving you. Okay. You know what? (laughs) Don't forgive me. I don't want you to. I don't ask for it. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so on that uh, shady note, (laughs) um, thank you, everybody, for listening. May you always find water and shade.